Welcome to BCC in 3 Talk, your decentralized hub for all things Web3. From blockchains to cryptocurrencies to NFTs, we airdrop knowledge and analysis from industry insiders, journalists, and founders. I'm your host, Jason Rowlett, a writer and editor at BCCN3.com. Now, let's get on with today's show. Hey everyone, welcome to BCC in 3 Talk. This is Jason Rowlett. Subscribe to our newsletter at bccn3.com. There you can also follow us on our Twitter at bccn3 underscore media and on our LinkedIn page where we post all the breaking news and long-form news <laughs> for the crypto Web3 markets as well as NFTs and blockchain technology. With me today on This Week in Web3 is my colleague at BCCN3, Keegan King. Keegan, how are you doing this week? Got a lot going on? <laughs> yeah, a lot going on. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. There's a uh, new life in the crypto markets. I don't know about the NFT markets so much. Uh, that might be dead still. But crypto itself is getting pretty pretty interesting right now. It's yeah, kind of cool to absolutely. see. Yeah, absolutely. Had uh, several articles published this week, uh, so we want to go over some of the news on uh, this week in Web3, uh, starting with the Porsche NFT. Uh, Porsche's got their own NFT now. They, uh, Keegan wrote about that. Uh, tell us uh, about that and how it was received. Yeah, so this is what, a week, maybe two weeks ago, so it's not the most recent thing in the world. I think most people are pretty aware of the story by now, but... Uh, Porsche, they, they, they're kind of the latest line in, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if you want to call Porsche a luxury product, but high-end car. And they decided that they were going to do an, N <coughs> Ooh, excuse me, an NFT collection. And I, I, don't, I don't exactly know when they came up with this idea, but <coughs> the project uh, minted, uh, you know, in January. And a lot of people were really upset with it. It minted at about 0.911 ETH, which is quite a bit of money for an NFT at this moment. Uh, you know, I guess a year ago? Yeah, about a year ago, things were minting around that price. It was kind of normal to see it. Uh, and then once everything dropped, uh, you know, kind of around May, you know, the NFT community really pulled back and went, wait a second, what are we just buying? We're just buying things randomly. What's going on here? And so everyone started questioning that kind of stuff and, you know, kind of the real uh, asking price for these things sort of revealed themselves to be closer to about, you know, between 0.01 and 0.1. So uh, Porsche, I don't know who came up with this idea, just grossly mis misoverestimated how interested people would be and are asking for nearly one whole ETH for one of these Porsche NFTs. And that affected their their mint. Uh, a lot of people weren't interested in buying the tokens because they thought this is kind of an insane asking price. Obviously, it doesn't come with a car. Like Too bad. You know, if, if this NFT, yeah, if this NFT was, you know, keys to a Porsche, maybe I'd, I'd change my mind a little bit. But it's not, or at least it's not yet. Um, instead, you just get a virtual car, and you're going to be able to like paint it like all these different designs that they kind of have set up, like 150,000 mm. variations. 
I don't see how that's exciting to anyone. Um, you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, it's about the art. It's, it was never about the art. It was about the money. Um, so we got to stop pretending that it's anything different than that. And uh, Porsche, they had to kind of, they, they closed the mint. They stopped mm-hmm. it. Um, they said, all right, we're just going to leave it here. This is the amount of people that minted it. This is the people that are interested. And we're going to keep it going. And then the price shot up to 2.5 ETH. How about that? And didn't it did it start at point nine one one for the nine eleven uh, the car the or it, it, after the uh, the model yeah after the specific <laughs> model yeah cute yeah. so it's just like once again the NFT community has proven that they truly do not care <laughs> it's just that simple it's, the whole NFT community out there just goes, yo, 0.911 is asking way too much. Yeah, this is egregious. Exactly. It's like, okay, how about 2.5? I love this NFT. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, make up your yeah. mind, guys. Like, practice what you preach. Is this a, a ridiculous yeah. asking price or not? Like, it's, it is so goofy, and I just... Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm lost. I I think everyone's lost. Uh, I I think the alpha people are lost. Like it's just what are we, what what are, where are these things going? Like what are we doing well, with these things? Well, based on the on the car's model rather than what the market would actually pay for it, it's just silly. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a bizarre, right? Uh, cute marketing campaign, but like, <laughs> you know, that's that that doesn't make it a good price. Don't know. Well, this week we also saw Celsius, uh, of course, in court. They uh, went bankrupt back in July. Uh, at a court in New York City, they received permission to uh, allow uh, the withdrawal of their digital assets by customers um, who meet a certain criteria. Those customers can withdraw up to 94% of their digital assets. Uh, Celsius published this 1,400-page document that uh, I did not read every page of it, but uh, by any means. But uh, they're allowed to. You didn't read all 400 pages. 1,399. I couldn't stomach the last page. But, uh, Sorry, guys. We're only half, half uh, investigative. <laughs> <I stand. laughs> <laughs> Skim read. Just gave it to ChatGPT. Actually, it from ChatGPT. Gave me the summary. But uh, customers are able to, uh, they have to have specific, uh, they have to agree to specific uh, KYC and AML requirements. They have to uh, have transferred no more than $7,575 when the exchange was actually operating. And they have to have enough in their account to uh, cover the withdrawal fees. So... You know, this is the document stated, you know, whether they're eligible uh, or entitled to that withdrawal. Uh, the remaining 6% will be determined at a later date uh, set by the court. So, anyway, of course, uh, it was unable to meet the demands after the liquidity crisis they had due to the crypto winter. And they've also recently found out another breaking news article I had last week, uh, which was that they have been determined by a... They were, like, they were buying, buying the tokens, tokens, weren't they? The sell token. And a court-appointed examiner has found that Celsius was operating as a quote-unquote Ponzi scheme. So, uh, yep. 
So wait, was that like a hidden thing that they were doing? Because I mean, all this yeah, on the blockchain. No one, no one noticed I, last year. I was not clear on when exactly they figured this out. <laughs> it seems obvious. That'd, that'd be um, like, yeah. Unless you wouldn't notice that when they filed yeah, bankruptcy, I don't know, wouldn't you? It's very similar to it's very similar to what FTX was doing, except, and I don't know if Celsius was doing this, but FTX had programmed a backdoor through. FTX over to Alameda and they Alameda? Had, so it looked on the front end it looked like oh you had all these assets from the FTT token when in reality you didn't so it was kind of like Bernie Madoff where you get a your your statement in the mail oh I have this much money well on paper it says that but in reality it, it, it was not there it was being funneled out somehow was Celsius doing something like that I don't know but uh, yeah, apparently it wasn't picked up somehow. Uh, being on the blockchain again, it's crazy. Which is kind of a see this on the blockchain, but there must have been something going on. I haven't. That's a really kind of a dumb thing to do too, dumb. because that that just uh, it it ruins the the actual price of what it could yeah. really be. I remember uh, one of the freelance writers for uh, Blockworks, uh, Brian Nibley. Uh, I, we kind of chat a lot, uh, mm-hmm. you know, through social media, and he was saying, you know, with FTX, you know, people weren't actually buying Bitcoin. I think I, I mentioned this to you; they weren't actually buying Bitcoin, so the price was never reflected on the markets because they were basically just depositing money into Alameda, you know, at the end of the the rabbit hole. And if they were actually purchasing Bitcoin, you know, the crash over the summer could have been a little bit easier to navigate through and celsius with this i mean it's kind of kind of goofy like you're you instead of just making their coin more valuable they they debased it yeah exactly they, they and it's it's it and, uh, are these people not yeah, smart I, enough I, to see this they were they were basically <laughs> buying it and i say they the founder and co-founder uh Mashinsky, Alex something, or, yeah, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, we got Rally in the house. Rally Cat Rally. In the house, in the house. Uh, <laughs> Alex Mashinsky, is that his name? I believe that um, he, yeah, he something was like that. funneling <clears throat> millions out and buying, you know, of course, luxury items and things. Um, and they were buying it on, they were buying their own token on the secondary market essentially so it also oh, it is they just went like yeah, sushi swap yeah. or something and just like all right we're gonna pick it up here and i don't recall exactly <coughs> sushi swap sushi swap got into a, a, a difficult um, they got called out for facilitating something like that and i don't remember if it was celsius or not but uh we did report on that some months back uh on sushi swap getting hammered about it so anyway celsius uh already bankrupt not looking good in court and again another scam yet i think it's worth saying these scams are not uh the part and parcel to any new technology uh we've we've seen people with new technologies come out uh when email came out you had people fooling others to send them money the nigerian Nigerian prince i mean this is like this isn't new so it's, it doesn't make, mean anything different on uh, 
about crypto inherently or blockchain technology. Uh, although skeptics would disagree, but this is this is apart from that. You know, a lot of those skeptics, they uh, when they do criticize these things, and you know, I say it often, is they're criticizing the human element. Uh, I, I've yet to see anyone criticize the actual blockchain itself because the blockchain works and it's really not something that can be criticized that easily um it's 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 generally human activity you know the, te the technology sound and it has to be sound or else it just simply yeah. won't work uh you know the finality of of exactly. these languages and when you've got you know people like this week we've had charlie munger coming out saying that we should ban crypto well, they've also said Warren Buffett, his business partners, all said oh, it's completely worthless. I wouldn't buy it for, for no money. Well, if it's worthless, why ban it? What, what you know? There's all kinds of. <laughs> I, yo, if if Bitcoin hit a dollar, you know Warren yeah. Buffett gonna, Warren Buffett would jump into that in a heartbeat. He ain't stupid. Like he'd be like, this is stupid because I can't get in it. He'd launch anymore. the Omaha token. If you gave him that opportunity, yeah. He would be all over it. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes I wonder, though. I mean, uh, those two guys specifically, I mean, not just all. Uh, I'm not trying to generalize American CEOs and billionaires. Those two guys specifically are so intertwined with the American economy and the U.S. dollar that I, I think that a lot of their criticism, you know, as much as I'll joke and I will say, hey, you know, you're probably just some grouchy old guy that missed it. I think on a deeper level, they see Bitcoin kind of as a competitor to their currency, yeah. which is the U.S. dollar. I mean, to say Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are not, you know, basically responsible for, you know, the second half of the U.S. economy in the 20th century would be just kind of yeah. a, a silly statement. Yeah, they're, they're um, so intertwined into it. It's it's interesting. They've yeah, I mean, I, from their point, they they don't want to see it succeed, right? I think. How much does I mean Warren Buffett? He's got like huge amounts invested in Bank of America and yeah. Wells Fargo, uh, so you know he is the centralized bank, and you know like to a certain extent, he, you know, I mean there's obviously other banks, very, but very connected. He he's a big part of it. Both made a lot of money off of yeah, and Charlie Munger is his business partner. Different story. <laughs> yeah, all the Coca-Cola sees candy and McDonald's like Bitcoin yeah, that's true. No go. Yeah, Bitcoin's the bad thing, though. Well, President Biden released a uh, crypto framework this week that uh, I know you wrote about. Uh, tell us about that framework. What was uh, what was in that? Well, the framework itself's not new. Uh, the framework was first, um, what's the word, announced, revealed, unveiled, uh, about a year ago uh, in March. You know, he kind of came out and said, hey, guys, uh, we just saw 2021 and we need to probably pay more attention to crypto as more people get involved in it. The United States has been aware of crypto since it began, right? The, the IRS, the FBI, they, they're, they're fully knowledgeable on this stuff and they have been probably longer than the majority of all of our readers. Uh, so they came out with this framework that was really interesting but it came out before Luna crashed and it came out before FTX crashed and before all the summer craziness and all these bankruptcies, you know, that it created. 
So they had they've released a couple updates through last year, and they kind of had their most recent one uh, lately. Uh, and it seems like they're they're taking an approach to look at stable coins, because stable coins are the backbone of DeFi. You can use Ethereum, Doge, Polygon, you know, all your standards in DeFi, uh, or you know even the crazy kind of stuff. But it's so volatile, it's so kind of crazy. It's it's hard to uh, use that for you know long-term financial services. You know, if you say you got a loan and you want to use that loan, you know, for five to ten years, you know, that's your payback period. You know, Ethereum so volatile. You know, if Ethereum were to spike back to five thousand dollars tomorrow, and you took the loan yesterday. I mean, yeah, really. <laughs> you have to pay back like three times the amount all of a sudden. So that's not beneficial to yeah. a lot of people. There are ways to to kind of work around that, and that's with stable coins. You know, stable coins allow us to, to take out loans that aren't going to kind of exceed our limit, you know, yeah. just overnight. I mean, take Doge, for example. If you were, if you were uh, the weird person that took loans out on oh, Doge. I know. <laughs> it, it, would, it would be unbelievable. Before Doge exploded. That one, I would have a lot of questions about who you are uh, and what you were planning to do with that uh, because that would be such a bizarre thing to, like, yeah, I'm going I'm to take a loan out on Doge when it's, you know, a, a penny and then it hits, you know, 70 cents. Yeah, you look like a genius, but you also look like the guy that took a loan out at yeah. one at a penny and people what? are going to ask you, why, why did you do that? Does your name <laughs> rhyme with Milan, huh? <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like... There's there's so much of that stuff, right? It's it's so weird. So, the stable coins are just an obvious, you know, choice in a lot yeah. of these situations. So the government's looking at this, of course, because like, okay, uh, yeah. we're cool with that. That that was kind of the the general, you know, thing of it is they're cool with it. They're not trying to like get rid of this stuff. What they're trying to do is make sure that that environment for DeFi mm-hmm. with stable coins is actually stable because i mean how much money did luna cause people to lose it wasn't just luna like it spread out to all these different parts of you know i guess web3 and it caused everyone to lose money with actual stable coins you know ones that don't just have these algorithmic pegs but are backed by real reserves and are not being you know uh handled improperly by like people like ftx and celsius uh even though they weren't using stable coins for you know their fraud uh it's gonna allow people to actually kind of exercise their financial liberties on these Mm -hmm. DeFi protocols so it's it's kind of a cool framework that they're coming up with they're also going to very intensely monitor illegal activities uh and i don't mean like hey you bought some drugs like Silk Road sort of thing. We're talking like anti-terrorist activity, right? You know, we're talking about like, you know, is is North Korea funding Russia yeah. and, you know, ISIS yeah, kind of exactly. stuff. Like real legit, like, okay, yeah, I can get behind that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's there's a lot of things like that. They also, I guess they're coming up with a framework uh fed now i I think it was called i I can't remember off the top of my head uh but that that was kind of neat because it's 
I mean, how do you how do you put it? It's it's like this instant transaction system that they want to make, uh, and I guess it's a little bit bigger than just banks. You know, it's like I guess all the banks would be involved in this, and they're studying how they can implement a CBDC into it. Now, neither of us are really fans of CBDCs, but it will have an impact on business in the United States and what businesses are able to do in the future. Because if you can exchange, you know, crypto for fiat without having to go to an actual exchange, you can just do it with your bank. It probably is going to streamline a lot of, you know, the barriers, you know, or I don't know if streamlining barriers makes sense. It's going to, it's going to knock down a lot of barriers if we can just kind of create that direct link. I don't know if that's good or bad for exchanges like Coinbase and Binance because they're kind of built on the idea that you're going to use them mm-hmm. to do those exchanges. Um, also, I mean, what's that going to have? I mean, is that going to affect, you know, American liquidity? I, I have no idea. I mean, all of a sudden we're creating a, a nozzle between yeah. the two. Um, and we see in Norway that they're doing some yeah, weird stuff Norway, with it. Yeah, they're, they're doing it on a private private uh, side chain uh, off of Ethereum. And uh, people are not happy about that because it's, yeah, it was built on Ethereum, but it's one that uh, only certain bankers and bureaucrats can see. So a little bit misleading. Yeah, I want to be my own banker. Uh, I want to be my own 2008 banker. I want to be banker. my own banker. So, well. That subprime <laughs> USDT mortgage. Go Lehman, full <laughs> Lehman Brothers again. Here we go. Full <laughs> Lehman Brothers. Well, it's amazing because instead of a ba- bailout from the taxpayers, I get yeah, a bailout right. for myself. Give your own bailout. That's right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not no. risking your jobs with my That's right. financial I activity. My own negative bank account <laughs> after they crash it because they turn off the money <laughs> at the CBDC. Uh, anyway, yeah. Go there. But uh, well, we had uh, another. Three executives at Bits Lotto arrested this week. The Turkish news outlet Anadolu had uh, reported uh, kind of an interview that they did with Spanish police. Uh, the CEO of Bits Lotto, the marketing director and sales executive, they're all accused of money laundering, of course. And uh, the arrests were basically a culmination of uh, French, Portuguese, Cyprian, and American authorities all working together to bring them down. Um, they closed a hundred over up over 100 cryptocurrency accounts and seized about 18 million euros. It's about 19.8 million dollars of luxury goods. And all I have to ask, what is yeah. how, when you say they closed down a uh, cryptocurrency account? Is that yeah, like on the exchange? Up. Yeah, they locked up wallets associated with them. Oh, I see. Uh, oh, so these are like probably like non-custodial wallets yeah, that belong to yeah. the exchange. Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. So it's like how do, how do they stop a, a a private wallet? Yeah. Um, but obviously they didn't. Yeah. That that would that would be a that would probably cause Ethereum yeah. to break. Yeah, a hundred wallets. <laughs> yeah, no, these were these were. Almost certainly. Yeah. If the government could close 100 yeah. wallets on Ethereum just straight up, like, I'd be moving everything <laughs> to Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, moving on to Bitcoin. Oh, man. So uh, they, they, uh, the Spanish police told uh, 
the, the Turkish news outlet, they said that this is a major blow to cybercrime, and uh, of course they were using it to launder money. And uh, of course last month, uh, Keegan, you'd written, oh, I think it was last week, but you wrote about last month, uh, January, that uh, Anatoly Legkodimov, if I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, uh, but he was arrested in Miami the founder of, of Bitslotto. Oh, right. Yeah. That was in December, was I think. December? Was it the December? I thought it was January, but yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like, yeah, last yeah it was month, January. Last last week or so, I think it was last week it happened. Uh, but he was arrested in Miami. That that was over. We, we write a lot. We, we forget sometimes what we wrote. We do write a lot, <laughs> yeah. uh, He was arrested for the uh, <laughs> regulatory negligence uh, required for KYC and AML standards required by U.S. law, so. Yeah, it doesn't look good for Bitsalato either. Um, again, similar, same old story here. Same old song and dance. Uh, you know, funneling money out. It's like, how many times do we have to tell goods? people, like, don't, don't do illegal things yeah. on chain, like, exactly. or, or at all, but especially don't do it, like, on chain, because it's just so easy to identify. Just like, oh, there it yeah. is. It's right there. Exactly. <laughs> like, like all all these people that just keep calling this stuff scams and crime and one fraud. One it's like scam after it's another. kind of the opposite. Like it just like oh man, imagine how many scams are happening in fiat. And we just don't know yeah. because there's no blockchain. But here we are. Like we can just point to it. It's, it's right okay. there. Again, as I said many times, <laughs> they, they they point to things like Silk Road, and I'm I'm saying, do you know how? much the US dollar has been used was 10 years ago drugs engage in human trafficking deal in illegal arms uh, yeah on and, on and, on. and that guy got arrested too it's like they they, they did catch yeah, all this like because it's on because it was distributed ledger somewhere as long as they can find yeah it, it's can track it's it. you can so, there is information well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week in Web3 on BCC in 3 Talk. We will catch you next time. Again, subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. Subscribe to our newsletter at bccn3.com. And give us a, uh, a like on Twitter. And follow us on link- LinkedIn. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Keegan. Yeah, we'll man. See you next time here on BCC in 3 Talk. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Twitter at bccn3 underscore media and subscribe to our newsletter at bccn3.com. From our website, you can also join in the conversation in our Discord channel and Reddit page. And we will see you here next time on BCCN3 Talk. <laughs>